This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDole, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy. Hey, my Brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Oh, Tasty, it seems like I was just here yesterday. You were. Yes, and you were too. Here, I was there as a customer. You know, it's a good place to get a beer, I find out. They do have a great beer selection. At the Hop Grenade? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what's coming up is the uh, the it, what used to be the Winter Brews Fest and then got moved twice to become the uh, the Spring Brews Fest. That's right. Well, it's right across the street. Yeah, going to happen right across the street. April 2nd, uh, 2016. Uh, I've always loved that event. Well, uh, this year I'm going to be in Sweden. Uh, oh, out of country. Event. Yeah, because it got moved and ended up at the the day where I'm in Sweden. So I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to make it. That happens. Yeah. Uh, so, many, so many days. Yeah. It, it is uh, 40 bucks uh, in advance, huh? uh, 50 at the door. You can get your tickets at bnbrewfest.com. Uh, Tasty, are you having Tasty's Tasting Tent? Or? Yes, yes. As always, every year we do that. Uh, so I the busiest and uh, most uh, We have a bunch of, uh, bunch of homebrew from yeah. uh, a variety of people that you've Yeah, you've people vetted. in the Bay Area here I've vetted it, and I vet, I vet them at the event, and I've been known to cut some off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But the part that is it. Jimmy's tasting room, not Tasty's tasting room. <laughs> it's kind of we can't have untasty beer. Yes, of course. Got to uphold the standard. I know. Do they? Do they cry? Do they? I mean, most of the people I know, I, I bring beer. I know who they are. Uh-huh. So the beer is always good. Right. But like new guys will go like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, let's we'll put that on there. I put it on the menu and everything, and then I go try those that I've never had before, right. and uh, let's cross them off if they're not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, they got to be like you know. Really messed up. Right. Bad. Yeah. 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 I'll just, I explained to the brewer, like, well, you know, we want to, this is an educational thing as well here. We're trying right. to, like, you know, we don't show, wanna, the, show the public how good the beer can be. We don't want to, you know, yeah, yeah. Ruin, ruin the name of homebrew. No, no, it's already, got the, it's already pretty hit or miss, actually. <laughs> I tell you, there is some great homebrew out there. Though. There is. I'm not going to say there isn't. It's not. Yeah, there's fantastic stuff. I think, you know, as every bit as good as, uh, you know, the best commercial stuff. Yeah. If not, better. Maybe better. Yeah. I think there's some incredible might stuff be, out there. Might get fresher more often. Right, right. No, uh, I'm, I'm with you 100%. So check it out. Uh, yeah. com. Uh, Spring Brew Fest. Uh, lots of breweries there. Heretic will be there. Um, yeah, we're, we've been there every year since yeah. uh, since inception. And, and it's uh, well attended by the brewers, just like you would be, you'd be there if, if you were oh, available. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, a couple, couple of my guys are going to be there. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Guys from the brewery. Oh, yes. Well, and uh, how's everything else going? Well, pretty good. I got some travel coming up. I'm going to uh, New, New, Zealand. New Zealand next yeah. week for a week or for 10 days, I think, or something. Right, right. It should be fun. I was looking at the uh, Google Maps, you know, the street view of, like, the area there where the event mm-hmm. is and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very coastal. We're going to Nelson is where we're having the mm-hmm. event. So it's in the uh, southern island, but it's the northern right. tip. You flying into Auckland, and then Auckland, and then a shorter flight to uh, yeah to Nelson. I don't know. You want to fly into Auckland and then just kind of meander your way down? Well, I got to get from one island to the other because it, it is in the northern island. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I do have some time after the event, but uh, I'm going to hang around. And I I tell you the people the people in New Zealand nicest people in the world. That's no exaggeration. Those people are wonderful. Yeah, they're, they're very kind and looking forward to that. Yeah, just yeah. just great, wow. just fantastic. You will love it there. Hmm. Sounds Super great. Super nice people. A lot of great beer. Um, you know, passion for you know a lot of lot of great things. You know, great, great outdoors. Wonderful, wonderful place. Yeah, but checking that out then. Yeah, I'm very jealous that uh, you're getting to go. Yeah. Pretty cool. Ah, yes, indeed. All right, so uh, today's show is straight lambic. Huh? Pucker up. Unblended lambic. Uh, straight unblended uh, lambic. Just lambic. Doesn't get any more lambic-y than that, yes? Nope, that's it. That's it. That's, that's the best, right? Straight. I huh? guess. Straight. <laughs> oh, that was weird. 
I tried to be weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my that's, MO or whatever. That's that's what got him the job in uh, Texas Crack Wranglers. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that <laughs> presentation ability. That yeah. acting ability. Yep. Uh, there you go. Uh yeah. All right. Uh I don't I I don't have the style guy for straight lambics pulled up yet. I'll tell you what. Let's do this. I'm tired. I'm very tired. I'm tired. Uh if if uh why don't we take a short break? When we come back, I will uh uh read the style guide for y'all. As if you couldn't read it for yourself. We'll be back right after this. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer whether for yourself or as a gift when you subscribe or resubscribe from the brewing network homepage you directly support programs like this get a great magazine and support the brewing network subscribe to brew your own right from the brewing network.com a few things happened 30 years ago arpanet migrated to tcpip and the internet was born Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com Now back to Brewing with Style. Alright, we're back. I'm all lively and chipper now. Uh, 2015 guidelines, uh, 23D Lambic, overall impression fairly sour, often moderately funky wild Belgian wheat beer, with sourness taking the place of hop bitterness in the balance. Yeah, okay. Uh, traditionally spontaneously fermented in the Brussels area and served uncarbonated. The refreshing acidity makes for a very pleasant cafe drink. The aroma. A decidedly sour aroma is often dominant in young examples, but may become more subdued with age as it blends with aromas described as barnyard, earthy, goaty, hay, horsey, and horse blanket. A mild citrus fruity aroma is considered favorable. An enteric smoky cigar-like or cheesy aroma is unfavorable. Older versions are commonly fruity with aromas of apples or even honey, no hop aroma. Appearance pale yellow to deep golden in color. Age tends to darken the beer. 
uh, you know, oxidation. Mm-hmm. Uh, clarity is hazy to good. Uh, younger versions are often cloudy, while older ones are generally clear. White-colored head generally has poor head retention. Uh, flavor. Young examples are often noticeably lactic sour, but aging can bring this character more in balance with the malt, wheat, and barnyard characteristics. Fruity flavors are simpler in young lambics and more complex in the older examples, where they are reminiscent of apples and other light fruits, rhubarb or honey. Some citrus flavor, often grapefruit, is occasionally noticeable and desirable. The malt and uh, wheat character are typically low with some bready, grainy notes. An enteric, smokier, cigar-like character is undesirable. Hot bitterness is low to none and generally undetectable. Sourness provides a balance. Typically has dry finish, no hop flavor. Mouthfeel light to medium light body in spite of the low finishing gravity. The many mouth-feeling flavors prevent the beer from feeling like water. Uh, as a rule of thumb, Lambic dries with age, which makes dryness a reasonable indicator of age. Has a medium to high tart puckering quality without being sharply astringent. Traditional versions are virtually to completely uncarbonated, but bottled examples can pick up moderate carbonation with age. Uh, Comment. Straight Lambics are single-batch, unblended beers. Since they are unblended, the Straight Lambic is often a true product of the house character for brewery and will be more variable than a Guza. Uh, They are generally uh, served young, six months, and on tap as cheap, easy-drinking beers without any filling carbonation. Younger versions tend to be one-dimensionally sour, since a complex Brett character often takes upwards of a year to develop. An enteric character is often indicative indicative of a lambic that is too young. I can't say I've really been drinking. Um, a noticeable vinegary or cidery character is considered a fault by Belgian brewers. Well, it should be a fault by American brewers, too. Don't just say it's Bel- I cannot goddamn stand. These people go, oh, no, it's American sour. So this thing full of vinegar and acetone is uh, oh, it's, it's, it's American sour. No, that that's so a shitty sour is American sour. God damn it. Pissing me off, you people. Wrong into that. Right. Uh, so consider it a fault. You don't need to say by Belgian brewers. It's a fault. Uh, any vinegary or cidery. Uh, since the wild yeast and bacteria will ferment all sugars, they should are typically bottled only when they have completely fermented. Spontaneously fermented wild ales from the area in and around Brussels, the Seine Valley, uh, stem from a farmhouse brewing tradition several centuries old. Number of producers is constantly dwindling. Uh, characteristic ingredients, unmalted wheat, 30 to 40% Pilsner malt, and aged hops, three years are used. The aged hops are more used more for preservative effects than bitterness and makes actual bitterness levels difficult to estimate. Traditionally, these beers are spontaneously fermented with natural occurring yeast and bacteria in predominantly oaken barrels. The barrels are used with are natural with little oak character, or neutral with little oak character. Uh, so don't expect a fresh or forward oak character. More neutral is typical. Homebrewed and craft brewed versions are more typically made with pure cultures of yeast, commonly including uh, Saccharomyces, Britannomyces, uh, Pedicoccus, Lactobacillus, in an attempt to recreate the effects of the dominant microbiota of Brussels and the surrounding countryside of the Seine River Valley. Uh, cultures taken from bottles are sometimes used, but there is no simple way of knowing what organisms are still viable. Style comparison generally has a more simple sourness and complexity than a guza. Uh, traditionally served uncarbonated uh, from pitchers, while guza is bottled and very highly carbonated. Uh, 0 to 10 IBUs, 3 to 7 SRM, uh, OG 1040 to 1054, uh, final gravity uh, 10.01 to 10.10. Uh, and ABV 5 to 6.5%. I think ABV seems high. I think that final gravity, you know, could be lower. Yeah. Commercial yeah. examples, only <coughs> bottled version readily available is Cantillon Garden Crew, uh, uh, Brucella, uh, of whatever single batch finches the brewer deems worthy to bottle. Decam sometimes bottles their very old five-year Lambic in and around Brussels. There are especially cafes that often have drought Lambic, from traditional brewers or blenders such as Boone, Decam, De Cantillon, Trefontaine, uh, Lindemans, Timmermans, and Jardin. Uh, tags. Uh, all right. What do you think of that? Tasty. Very informative. Thank you. All right. No, I I I like that write up. That's good write up. Yeah. That was that yeah. was solid. Yeah, very good. That was that was one like, of the like one the, of the yeah. best. I think. Yeah, really good. 
My only one quibble was, you know, saying, well, Belgian brewers consider, uh, you know, vinegar a fault. Nah, every brewer should. No vinegar. Zero yeah. vinegar. Yeah. Vinegar, wrong. Vinegar, bad. You got that? Got that, Steve? What about Duchess de Bourguignon? Not Olympic. So, uh, and there you go. I tell you, sometimes they've got a tiny bit of acetic, a tiny bit of vinegar. Mm. And that that can be okay. Uh, but sometimes it's a butter and vinegar bomb, and it's unacceptable. No bueno. No bueno. So it depends on what you get, you know. Mm. But uh, should not should not have a, a ton. No beer in the world should have, like, an evident vinegar character. A subtle background, you know, sharper acetic. Yeah, maybe, but not, not a vinegar burn. Yeah, it's an improperly made beer. They didn't what, clear the head. They didn't fill the headspace. There's too much headspace in the yeah. No, or, you or know they'll they'll get it in the in the barrels and stuff. Uh, you know if you get uh, acetobacter, uh, you know start to grow in the barrels, and then you don't uh, blast your barrels and things like that, or if, if you know, fruit flies or whatever, uh, you know those things will turn acetic. You get you get vinegar. You know they they crank the alcohol into vinegar mm-hmm. pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So you just got to be careful. I know uh, Vinny. Uh, you know, he blasts his barrels with hot water, and uh, we we do that too, just because you know. Uh, and his his take on it is it really kills any acetobacter, like that's, high that's pressure hot water. Yeah, we use a barrel rinser, um, so it fits on a on a stainless pipe, and you you tuck it up under the barrel while it's upside down, and then we blast 185 degree water at high speed through the the rotating spinner head and it hammers away at the wood and kills anything in there it heats up the barrel to 185 and the outside get warm impact yeah. oh yeah oh. yeah it gets hot oh. yeah you don't touch the metal so bands anything or anything. in there is going to be uh, killed at uh... yeah we essentially pasteurize the barrel nice yeah so um and there's just i, th- I think some things somehow survive but all the, the surface stuff, you're stuff about. like they see the bacter is a kind of a surface organism, I guess. Uh, I don't know for a fact, but I'm, I get that impression from uh-huh. talking to a number of people. Right. And because it's a surface organism, that's the thing that's you know pretty thoroughly killed. Nice. Very nice. All right. Um, what were those? Was it starting gravity and final gravity again? I didn't. Oh, was it? Was it uh, starting gravity. Plato to, to one Plato? Yeah, starting gravity was. Uh, 1040 to 1054. Okay. And finishing gravity, which 1054 seems awfully high. Does it not? Well, um. Well, we do a sour base. We're maybe, I mean, we do 10 Plato tops, which would be, you know, 40. Well, how does, like, Vinny makes pretty high alcohol. uh, Right. uh, Well, but we're talking traditional straight lambic. Not straight lambic. 54 sounds high. I mean, 6.5% seems high. Remember, like, what were the old guidelines from, like, 3.5 to, you know, like, 5.5% yeah. or something yeah. like that? Yeah, they they don't tend to be that, no, that uh, high alcohol. Yeah, that's, yeah, I don't know about that. I'd have to look into that. But uh, overall, a nice, nice write-up. I'll yeah. tell you what. Um... We're rolling here. We're 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 hammering through and barreling uh, through, barreling through because barreling you put these through. in barrels. Yeah, very good. I think that that was just so brilliant of you, Steve. I can be eloquent sometimes. <laughs> That's right. You know. You know. Uh, what else is not quite eloquent? But um, you know what else is great? Mm. You've been. Are you going this year to the homebrew fest? The uh, the homebrew uh, national homebrewers conference homebrew con homebrew con twenty sixteen yeah I'll be there yeah in Baltimore 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 yes, Bal- uh, it's in Baltimore I'll be speaking Thursday afternoon in uh, room three hundred seven I don't know where at it is Thursday <laughs> afternoon but I think it is three hundred seven actually yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah homebrew con twenty sixteen registrations now open it's today I think and I I will tell you this it is the greatest if you're a homebrewer now if you just drink beer. No. Uh, and that's maybe all you do when you've never thought of brewing. You have no interest in brewing. Uh, you know, maybe go somewhere else. But I will tell you this. If you are a home brewer, uh, the Homebrew Con is the greatest beer event 
on the face of this earth. I guarantee it. I have to agree. If if I'm wrong, you come and you kick me in the every, stones. Enjoy every minute of it if you're a homebrewer. It's fantastic. Yeah. It, it is absolutely the best. And it, and if you're anywhere near it, and it happens to be you yeah. know within you know uh, eight hour drive of where you're at, and you don't go, what the hell's the matter with you? You should go. It is absolutely fantastic. It's a great time with other homebrewers, sharing ideas, sharing stories, sharing beers. Lots of manufacturers show up. Lots of uh, homebrew and professional luminaries show up. They've got all sorts of great professional beer there. they got all sorts of great uh, commercial beer there. they got all sorts of great uh, homebrew there. Just the best time in the world. And then, you know... Uh, the people who actually live there, they want you to, you know, check out the, the local bars and every local bar puts on special stuff. It is absolutely uh, the best time I've ever had. Uh, and all the beer stuff I've gone to, Homebrewers Conference. Top. Not even close. Anything else is not even close to that. <laughs> it's amazing, actually. Yeah. You know, I, I, it, it's absolutely my favorite. They basically take over like a whole like, hotel, typically. You take over like a whole you city know, like, almost. You'll get on the elevator yeah. and they'll be like... You know, beer there, like a king of beer. In the right, morning. right. Like, what's that doing? Yeah. So get yourself over to uh, homebrewcon.org, and uh, you can register now. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get in there early. People are like, ah, oh, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. And then it's sold out. And then they're just like, oh, it's sold out. I was going to go. Well, if you're going to go, go and sign up now. Get your tickets before they're all gone, for God's sakes. Hotels, too. They'll sell out. Don't Don't miss out. Get yourself over and check that out. All right, let's take another short break. When we come back, we'll have tasted some uh, fine, straight, unblended Lambic right after this. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles a high-temperature march pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil-coil electric heater. The Brew-Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your Brew-Easy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The Brew-Easy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your Brew-Easy by purchasing just the module you need the new brew easy all grain brewing system see it today at blickmanengineering.com and brew with blickman quality on your new brew easy since the first time the brewing network microphones turned on more beer was behind it more beer sponsors the programming on the bn because like you they love brewing and like the brewing network they love sharing their knowledge morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer go to morebeer.com and click into the learning center you'll find podcasts technical facts video tutorials and more including access to the buzz more beer social network of more than 5,000 members and some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz the forum the learning center and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest more beer catalog more beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making 
Tampa Bay has become a great destination for craft beer lovers with more than 60 breweries and counting, like Cigar City, Tampa Bay, and Coppertail Brewing. One of the newest breweries is Four Stacks Brewing Company in Apollo Beach. Four Stacks believes that the West Coast can't have all the fun. So while we feature West Coast beer like Stone, Ballast Point, and Green Flash on tap, we also brew hopped-up ales to our liking in the West Coast style, even as they're truly Florida. Come in and see for yourself. Four Stacks hosts monthly homebrew club meetings, bottle shares, and partners with local restaurants for free food delivery while you enjoy your pint in their new tap room. Stop by Four Stacks Brewing and support the greater Tampa Bay craft beer scene at a brand new community-oriented independent brewery. Four Stacks Brewing, bringing the best of the West Coast style and attitude. Four Stacks Brewing Company in Apollo Beach, Florida. Chicken Boy. This is Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. And we are reveling in uh, some uh, unblended lambic. Uh, special thanks to uh, Matt from the Sour Beer Block for sending out the uh, Oud Lambique from Decam. Uh, it made Bevo very appreciative. Yeah. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> no, I don't either. And I'm fairly certain Matt from Sour Beer Blog wouldn't either. Oh, oh, <laughs> sure, sure. That's what you say now. I saw how appreciative you were that okay, he sent no, this beer in. But real talk, I am really thankful that he sent it in. You see? That's all I was saying. You were very appreciative. God, she reads get, everything. Get what you say is you, never what you're saying. You, you read everything into what at least tasty say. when he wants to be. Just he just says it. He, he I just appreciate that about you. Yeah, yeah, I think your stomach pain made you a little uh, edgy. <laughs> I feel a hundred billion times better. <laughs> good, good. I, I think she just dropped a giant deuce in the, uh, the <laughs> women's room. I would not do that. She would never during. <laughs> That's why you have hours. stomach pain. You're not dropping the diet. I get here before dude. everybody else for a reason. <laughs> so you can like slam that thing back down through the, 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 the shitter with a big like plunger and a snake and like a <laughs> turbo plunger and like a baseball bat. And you're like, nah, get down there. Get down there. Flush. Moving on. No? No. <laughs> Doesn't flush? Oh, God. All right. Well, yeah. I'm just Hey, I'm just supposing. And then we have the the Cantillon uh, Brusella 1900 Grand Cru. And then we have uh, three examples from um, Andy Carter. Uh, He has uh, sent in, uh, very kind of him to send in three. He's got his uh, Lambic 2011, Lambic 2013, and Unlabeled. Something about number two. I don't know whether... We'll just call it number two for now. I'm calling question mark. Question mark? Okay, fine. Question mark. Or number two. We'll call it number two. If we can get him on the phone later, we'll... uh, Right. Right. We can can get him on now. We can rip him. I mean, we could... uh, I will work on that. Enjoy uh, chatting with him. Uh, What else is Those are the... uh, Plus, there's one... That's the the beers. His three, and then we have the other two. Right. The Decam and the uh, Cantillon. Okay. So... Uh, which are two like in the um, two in the style guide? Classic examples. Okay. Andy's I don't think I don't think examples? I don't think Andy's in the style All guide. Right. All right. Well, since uh, Porno Steve is is busy tapping on the keyboard, uh, Tasty, do you want to start off? Sure. Uh, sure. Giving sure. us your yeah. your opinions yeah. here. All right. Well, okay. Uh, Cantillon is in the class by itself. Go to the head of the class. Uh, after that. Um, I really like his uh, the uh, I like the character in Andy's 2011. Uh, so, so it's very subdued. It's very like uh, very light. I imagine the ABV on this beer is probably you know under four percent. I'm thinking really very light beer. I like that uh, quite a, a bit. Uh, to me, the the the, the cam the com, uh, I don't know. That's sort of a musty barrel character kind of thing. I'm not, I seem to be dialing into, and not you know kind of a, it's kind of a 
annoying. Um, Andy's uh, 2013 uh, was uh, also I like that beer as well. So I like, uh, and then the the third the, the twelve I thought it just uh, or the question mark. Um, to me, I thought it didn't develop much. Uh, very interesting characters, kind of like uh, needs more time, or it's it didn't uh, didn't blossom into the into the beer that maybe it could have. But again, Can- Cantillon two thousand eleven, and then is two thousand thirteen. Hmm. On the decam, you're putting as number four. Yeah. And the number two, you're Question putting mark as, as last. As last. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Porno, Steve. I'm not very <clears throat> familiar with lambics at all, so uh-huh. it's kind of hard for me to okay. pick out things. From Were you paying attention when I read the nice detailed style guideline that that the BJCPS provided? Yeah, she wasn't. But um, <laughs> no, that's I, Beavis, well. I, I, I always try out. following, but um, mm-hmm. following her fine example of paying attention. <laughs> yes, very good, yeah. very good. So what I did is I started with the Cantillon. Uh-huh. Um, I love I love that beer. So I'm really, I don't know, balanced. It's not too acidic. It's not too mm-hmm. dry. Not too, it's well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not too vitamin-y, which is what I got a lot from the two uh, homebrews, the 2011 and the 2013. I got a lot of vitamin kind of deals going on with those. Minerally. Uh, minerally, yeah, I guess minerally. Uh, I guess that's that's probably a better word. Um, the decam. Okay, I kind of know what you mean. Like, uh, if you smell a jar, like um, you know, multivitamins like or yeah, yeah, yeah. or vitamin C tablets. Yeah, that's like yeah, how yeah. it tastes. I suppose. Yeah, vitamin I get, C. I get that the, aroma. The deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. You're right. Uh, yeah, like yeah, multivitamin. Good. Yeah. Yeah. There good, you go. good. Good job, Porno. <laughs> Uh, the Fully sticking your nose in the glass instead of somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> finally. <laughs> the decam, uh, the aroma really came out to me as a lot sweeter than all of the rest. It was uh-huh. kind of like burnt sugar, caramelized. Hmm. I think. I don't know. Just trying to describe what I'm experiencing. The question mark? All I could write was assaulting. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just compared to the other ones. Just, just in what just in what way? Very acidic, um, very coarse, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So you had them Cantillon yeah. as number one. Yes, uh, I would probably go with. Uh, I'm stuck in between the 2011 and the Decam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. You gotta pick to, one. I'll go to Decam. Then I go 2011, 2013, then the question mark. Okay. Go number two. Well, you might find this surprising, but uh, I also had the uh, question mark number two last place. What a twist. I gotta, I gotta tell you, it's got a lot of acetone, it's got a lot of vinegar to it, it is unpleasant. I really could not drink that. That's for me. That's too harsh. Way too harsh. Uh, next up, I would go with uh, 2013. I thought that this was quite nice. I think uh, it might be a bit too sour. Too sour? Is that possible? For, for your taste or for, for a, everything else in the beer? You know, for a straight, straight lambic. On, a straight lambic oh. shouldn't be quite, and a bit more complexity than I think you should really find in there. But a nice beer, uh, a bit too carbonated, but, you know, that's that's all right. You know, we'll, we'll, let's like to ignore that part. And I think that kind of adds a bit to the uh, acidity. Yeah. So I think if that was gone, you'd really have, uh, mm-hmm. you'd have something there. And then I, uh, in number th- the third place, I liked the uh, 2011. I liked it a lot. 
I get what you're saying about the the vitamin. Very good. You, you, you're see, you're relating uh, what you're you're sensing to other things you know. That's that's the way to go. That's the way to describe things. It's like, well, it's also got a little bit of an aspirin, like a baby aspirin kind of thing going on. Oh yeah. Now I get that after mm-hmm. drinking a sip of it, like powder, mm-hmm. like the. But it has a nice citrus, has a nice fruitiness That's more to fruit it. Character. Um, it has a nice sourness to it. It's actually a fairly, you know, uh, simple, clean sour to it. I think that's a, a really uh, outstanding example. I was a fan of it. Yeah. yeah, I would I would put the 2011 as uh, very solidly in there. Mm-hmm. If that was listed in the classic, if if Andy uh, uh, Carter was Andy Carter's 2011 was listed in the classic examples, I would not quibble with that. I'd go, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a solid example yeah, right yeah. there. We'll give him a call after you're done. Okay, we'll be able to talk. Right. And they'll be like, oh, screw you. You guys you know didn't, you didn't, you. you didn't you didn't no, you didn't like uh, number two. And then I would go to Cam. I see um, kind of the funk that you're talking about. A lot of tea-like, uh, tannic, uh, lemony, uh, and it's it's kind of like a, a, a bit of a almost a moldy funk. Yeah, is it like a laid in there, corked or something? Or yeah, corked, uh, but still. Quite nice. I mean, it's got that great malt and honey, and yeah. you know, it's it's showing uh, that kind of character. It just doesn't show enough lambic character by my standards. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, straight straight lambic. Um, you know, you notice the color on some of these are you know got this beautiful you know golden hue. Um, you know, they're getting a lot of a lot of oxidation and such. Um, And the Cantillon, oh my God, that's fantastic. That's just right. That's just what we wanted. Right. That's that's it. Right there. I'm gonna pour myself a full glass. Oh, that's that's so easy to drink. It's got that that roundness to it. That little bit of uh, there's there, there's quite a bit of oak in that. A lot of wood flavor. Yeah. Um, probably more than I would normally expect. Um, but it's it's got a slight sweetness, you know, kind of uh, from the fruitiness and things like that that's going on in there. But that that 2011, I mean, if you were to put that above the decam, I'd be okay with that. Oh, that's right, I had the decam. Yeah, that's why I was kind of on the fence. But right, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So surprisingly, Porno Steve and I are in lockstep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good stuff. All right. Um, do you have uh, Andy on the line, or going to? Or should we take a break? Call him. And right come back. Now. Let's see if he answers and ask him how he made this. Pick up the phone, Andy. I will tell you this. Ring, ring. Um, have you Have you guys seen the uh, the Brew Jacket, the Kickstarter for Brew Jacket? No. Okay, so. The Brew Jacket guys have One this uh, Kickstarter campaign going for a new product called the Immersion Pro. Immersion Pro is a dual heating and cooling all-in-one oh. fermentation control system. You can raise or lower your fermenting beer to 35 degrees above or below your ambient temperature, allowing you to lager without a refrigerator and create ales with a commercial brewery-like level of precision. Immersion Pro is a 5-inch cube that is easily packs away in a closet shelf when not in use and doesn't increase the fir- footprint of your fermenters. It's perfect for apartment brewing or bringing a friend's, to a friend's house on brew day. The technology is a solid-state heat exchange engine that moves heat into or out of your beer, maintaining within a half a degree, uh, I'm assuming, Fahrenheit? One or the other. That's pretty close. Either way. Of your set temperature. It's compatible with standard brew buckets, plastic carboys, and conicals. Uh, so not glass carboys, I guess. I don't know. No, I, I, I've I, seen it in glass carboys. Okay, a, okay. Oh, well, it, says, oh. it says brew buckets, plastic carboys, and conicals. No, yeah, I think the, the opening in the in the glass carboy is too narrow. Uh, the plastic are just all right. really wide. Just wide, right, right. Okay, okay. I prefer the plastic carboys. Me too. The, the better bottles. Those, think, are, those, are, those are good. Yeah. Um, yeah, special Kickstarter pricing as low as 199 per unit with a September 2016 delivery date. 
Head over to www.brewjacket.com for more details and to a link to their Kickstarter. So, uh, yeah, real real interesting. I have not. I that's the first I heard of it. It's a great idea. This is I have not. Uh, I have not seen it. And it heat cools. You catch that? Where you heat know if, and if you're cooling. in an environment where it you know goes above and below, the ambient goes above and below your set point. All right. It'll uh, adjust whatever it needs to do. Well, I'm telling you this. If this works as advertised, 35 above or below, and uh, to within a half a degree Fahrenheit, even if it's if it's centigrade, that's still one degree Fahrenheit, which is which is plenty, sure. uh, plenty uh, good tolerance. That is one of the biggest things you can do to improve your homebrew is have temperature control. Absolutely. So I've always advocated like a, you know a fridge and uh, the controllers and all that. But you know if this is an easier way to do it, then uh, God bless them. That's uh, that sounds very cool. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna have to go check out that uh, web address when I get home. All right. After I like a couple of porno sites and things like that. Sure. Priorities. Hey Andy. Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for sending the the beers in, brother. My pleasure. We were all quite uh, taken with the, uh, the the 2011. I was uh, just listening, preparing myself for you. <laughs> preparing. For the, for the well, swift. Well, we've been preparing for you, guy. The swift kick to the peaches that you knew was coming? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I knew, I, I agree with all your comments. I think you're, uh, I would have, you know, I, I think based on the style guidelines, you're right. I prefer the 2013 Mm-hmm. Uh, over the 11, but I haven't opened the bottle of 11 in a few years, so it could be very different. The 11's really good. Yeah. What was good. the uh, ABV on the 11? They're all about five. About five? I mean, we don't, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, it was all 1040 starting gravity and, uh-huh. you know, in the in the single digits for finishing, so. Right. Well, the 13's just too sour. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I, I, my first real reference to, uh, Lambic, not Goose, was mm-hmm. I was in Belgium in this past September, and I went to Motor Lambic, and I got a couple pints of uh, Cantillon on on uh, cask Lambic, and it's you know it's it's nice, it's kind of funky, it's lightly soured, mm-hmm. it's just like you said, in, in, incredibly drinkable. It's not, you know, you can even say, look at you know Berliner Weiss or Goza, Goza and say go two steps below that. And that's mm-hmm. reference point for for yeah. lambic, in my opinion. Well, I tell you, your 2011 was right in there. I just poured myself another glass because I finished the first one. Oh, well, there you go. That's really good. That is really really good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, tell us uh, how you made this uh, wonderful classic example of uh, uh, straight lambic, unblended lambic. Sure. So uh, at the time, I was just getting into sour beer production and. Um, there were not many people available, but everyone swore by East Coast East. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a single guy out of, uh, or now it's probably a bigger company because back then it was just one human being on the East Coast making his own little blends of sack and Brett and PDO and Lacto. Mm-hmm. And so I got a vial of that. It's a full pitch. You don't have to propagate it. Nice. And I did a turbid mash. I found a good some good websites. Uh, I think it was called Biohazard Lambic back then. Uh, there was no milk the funk. There was no, uh, you know, mm-hmm. no Ma- Michael Ponsmeyer. There was back he was starting on sours, and I was just digging up recipes. So I did a turbid mash. Mm-hmm. Uh, so wheat, you know, unmalted wheat pilsner, ran that off. You know, uh, you can look into anyone that's interested could search but for Google for turbid mash. But basically, you're trying to extract starches rather than simple sugars. So uh, forcing the enzymes to stop reacting. For part of the mash, so you're just getting long chain sugars rather than uh, short chain sugars. Um, you know, boil as usual. Use I used old hops. You know, 20 pellets in five gallons. I would say you don't even need hops, honestly. Um, and then you know, the most important ingredient, other than the set the bugs, is time. You need these things to sit around for a while. Um, I think that one. You know, in my notes, it's at about. It says twelve to sixteen months. I think it was on, a, you know, closer to sixteen months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I at the time, at those days, I wasn't sampling as much as I do now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I check it more often because I wanted more sourness out of that beer, so I kept in the more recent batches. I leave it longer. Mm-hmm. So if you're going for an easier drinking beer, I mean, lambic 
I don't know what they do at Cantillon. I don't know what the bottle might say on the label, but it might only be one or two year old beer, not three or four year old beer, where it's getting complexity and sourness. They say and, yeah. uh, three years in oak. Oh wow! Okay, interesting. So I think they're pulling. You know, depending on what cask. Uh-huh. Um, in general, my understanding and my experience has been time is developing acidity and time is developing complexity. Right. Um, so, you know, if you want to, I think the main reason mine, you know, if you go, there's a, it's a whole host of reasons. Sour beer is, we're just scratching the surface today about how mm-hmm. to make great ones. Like mm-hmm. the guys at the rare barrel are just beginning to, to put a handle on all of it. Um, so, and what I find that it, makes a huge difference between you can you can stay in oak, uh, you know, quite a bit longer if you you have a tighter oak, a tighter grain uh, yeah. barrel. So you know the, the the types of oak and the types. So I, I tend to favor uh, American oak because it's a you know it's not as rapid a, a funk and a souring as you get in in the the uh, American oak, the tighter oak, and. Um, I think that makes a huge difference overall, and that might be part of yeah. you know what what Cantillon's picking from those barrels that have that tighter yeah. oak. I don't know. They they use chestnut uh, too, I believe. Uh, you need to go into the some of the internet stuff, but they don't just use wine barrels. They use wine mm-hmm. barrels, but they get different kinds of barrels. I've I've read. Um, you need to. I could be mistaken on that, but you know they they source barrels from all over the place. Right. Um, whatever they can get their hands on, rather than I think American producers are focused on American white and red wine barrels. Well, so the country, to some extent, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so I've been to Cantillon, and um, they were mostly wine barrels, and I, I think there was yeah some other stuff that they take in, but I think that uh, you know it, it it varied just on what they could get, and you know it's the same thing what we do at our brewery is I'll take whatever barrels i can get okay. from uh you know from from napa i but they're almost always wine barrels because if i use something like a bourbon barrel or something like that the the oak is so thin the staves are so thin yeah. on that that it's it's way too permeable so i go with the, the heavier wine barrels and um yeah it also allows me to stack them higher because sure. i need storage space for all this stuff but i found that uh you know so the wineries here they'll they'll get french oak They'll get, you know, barrels from France. They'll get, uh, you know, American oak. They'll get Hungarian. They'll get all sorts of different sizes or different types of wood. And it's it's shocking how different each barrel is. Even, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get like, you know, two, two barrels, let's say two French barrels from the same, uh, you know, cooperage and same year that were bought by the, you know, the same winery. And then I'll put them side by side and I'll fill them with the same thing. <laughs> and one just... It goes a little faster than the other, and it has, you know, so, you know, it could be just that tree had a little bit, you know, looser pores, or there was a little spot in it, or something like that. And so they end up so different. Now, yeah. when you did yeah. the cart, you aged this in a carboy, yeah? Yes, correct. And what yes. kind of uh, closure did you put on the carboy? So that's a good question. Um, I, at the time, was only using... Uh, with that solid rubber lock with an air, with a watered airlock. Uh-huh. So usually, I use the the loops, the not the three piece locks, the the single piece that has kind of the up and down or S the S lock. I call them the intestine lock, um, but, yes. like Bevo had. So which what? The intestine lock. <laughs> the intestine lock, correct? Yeah, I don't want them ever to dry out. Um, I find those dry out less, or at least they all dry out, but that dries out slowly, more slowly. So. Mm-hmm. Um, more re- recently, I've gone to the waterless airlock with the flappers. Um, they're just, you know, you don't have to worry about them. They just sit there. Right. I, I do believe, and I have, you know, I think the, the community is to describe, the homebrew community has to dis- describe this a little bit better or, or look into it. I've gone to airlocks that are, I think, more permeable than what, these flap ones. They're a little more permeable. Mm-hmm. And since the uh, carboy is basically impermeable and barrels are somewhat permeable you know someone's got a balance there right. should probably be a balance between the two and, and you know i can't measure that that's not something you know we're gonna at, home, at the homebrew level are gonna measure exactly but well i yeah yeah the, there was a um the people who do the better bottles they actually yes, did a I'm study re- of the permeability yeah. of all the different type of ca- carboy closures 
And because yeah. they came up with, you know, like a solid one that works really, really well at it, uh, occluding uh, oxygen. And yeah. uh, the, one of the worst was the, the carboy cap, those soft plastic orange and yellow and yeah, the, red carboy caps. Yeah, the, the safety orange. Yeah, and it's got like, a, you know, two tubes coming off of it that you cap off with, uh, you know, little white caps that slip on. And that's what I used, and that was actually I felt like the best kind of balance of oxygen ingress, uh, ingress, ingress. yeah, in, into the into the beer, and uh, that worked really well for me. I, I always yeah, I, I always went with that. I've heard of using I, uh, uh, like I, a, a chair leg, a tapered chair leg, and then no, a, a wooden uh, you, don't, you don't want barrier. to. That was Raj. Who was and that? And he 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 calculated that out as being like the fruiters at uh, no. at uh, Rodenbach. But yeah. um, they would swell Except up when and you split and the glass. The glass. Yeah. You, crack your, yeah, you crack your carboy lid, yeah. your, your carboy uh, neck, neck yeah. when right. it swells. So I, I, I wouldn't right. do those. We'll do that. Yeah, the, the carboy caps, I think, has, that's one of the ways to go. And I think yeah. anything other than the carboy caps is probably letting in even less oxygen. Because those, those yeah. things are pretty pretty permeable, I guess. Yeah, yeah. any pressure at all, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna give up, which yeah. is fine. It, you, it's, it's a change in temperature. It's a permeable negative. type of plastic or rubber or whatever. Yeah. Going for my third uh, class. I've talked to more homebrewers, and they've said the same, the same thing you're saying. They really like the orange caps for their sour beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the right amount, or at least it's what, they, what we kind of gravitate towards. I asked a lot of people about that, and they said, yeah, those orange ones are all I do. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so what was what was the rest of your process on that? Uh, you pitch, uh, you pitch, you, know, the, the, you put the wort and the and the pitch of uh, the East uh, Coast uh, Bug County in there, and just yep. let it go. No oxygen or anything, or no nutrients. Yep, no, no. Um, maybe a little bit of maybe some shaking. If I'm doing below ten forty, it's just going to be a shaking carboy, not a not aeration. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, put it in a way in a dark dark corner for a long period of time, and forget that you ever made it. Oh my god, um, that is that's yeah. fantastic for that 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 amount of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think nowadays I'm checking in on them around eight to nine months. Uh-huh. Um, I'm always looking at their, you know, always you know the big things. Always look at your airlocks. Get the fruit flies out of it. You, right. you know, you want to start sampling. You know, you can start sampling at any time. You just don't want to sample so much that you create too much headspace. Um, I was sampling maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, until I liked it, or at the time it was more like I'm leaving this apartment. I need to move because I was still in grad school. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Well, we're bottling today. That's it." Right. And yeah. So. Well, and uh, when I was doing it in carboys, I would I would use the smaller carboys, the like the the five gallon, five point five gallon carboy, so that I would fill up to the neck mm-hmm. and keep the surface area smaller. Uh, but I yeah. imagine if you wanted to get a little more action, you could, you know, uh, do a larger carboy and get a little more surface area. Uh, I think it's going to be a little faster. And maybe if you have a different type of closure, um, you yeah, know, that's the way to go. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah, I think it's it's all about just pick a – I think for me at least, it's a pick a process you're comfortable with mm-hmm. and then do it. Like, And this is something that goes back to you've said it for years is make one every year. Right and just keep a stock, mm-hmm. and then if you in three years, you know, have you ever written your process down? Uh, I didn't like it. What what should I change? And then over time, if you can do it, maybe even every six months, if you have the space, just write your process down and make tweaks along the way until you're happy with what the product is. Right. Um, that's that's I think that's the way to go. I I've not been making them every year. I've been making them almost every other year, but I got something funky going around, and I just try to keep the process. Mm-hmm consistent so i'm not adding another variable well you're doing fantastic we are drinking your 2011 over the canteen <laughs> <We are. laughs> refilling They're, your bottle your, your is pretty much be empty. Done first right yeah, yeah. no we're really go. enjoying it because that's something i am never going to get to enjoy again in my life mm-hmm. reminds me of the rare barrel yeah that's well done excellent Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for sending them in, participating, and giving people, uh, you know, a share of uh, your information. That's going to help them make uh, great uh, straight lambic as well. Uh, yeah, any, job, anything right? to help bail Bevo out of an emergency situation. 
I appreciate it. Thank you. No, her emergency is passed. She's she's yeah, fine yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. She's fine now. Stop okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> she had a fleeting moment. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something about that. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up uh, straight lambic right after this. heard about White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast. Pure Pitch is yeast grown right in its final packaging. That means yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. And White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast for homebrewers is now available to everyone at homebrew retailers nationwide. Easy to use, perfectly sized, and ready to pitch. White Lab's yeast packaged using their FlexCell process ensures the purest yeast on the market. Visit whitelabs.com to learn more about Pure Pitch, FlexCell technology, and how it's created. Then visit a homebrew retailer near you for your own perfectly sized package of Pure Pitch yeast. And you can say hello to your own little friend. www.whitelabs.com Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Back to Jamil, tasty and blise. It's brewing with style. <laughs> oh yeah! All right. Uh, that was very kind of Andy to share with us his yeah, uh, uh, high quality lambics. Yeah, you know, and uh, to send uh, three big bottles, three seven fifties. Yeah, you know, when when it takes you, uh, you know, five years to make something. To share a bottle uh, with a, a bunch of wankers uh, over here. <laughs> it's only a few in there. <laughs> plus, plus, you know, shipping. Um, yeah. It was very kind of him. Yeah, very nice. I tell you, generous. You know, I, I think we go ahead and give him the, uh, you know, the the winner's prize, which is uh, uh, is a motorhome with three wheels. Yes. No. A T-shirt. I think he oh, deser- right. deserving of a shirt or something. He does. Mm-hmm. And I have his email address, so yeah. I'll contact him. Let's hook him up Should with something. Th- I can do that. Yeah. Yes. I think I think at the least he deserves that. Yes. Um, and we, I, I think we need our own private, uh, oh, you know. Bring with style. Bring with style award, award, you know, challenge winner or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shirt that no one else has. <laughs> We'll, we'll if I came up with this. the art, if you came up and did, if you did all of the work, we can do that. Okay. If I did all the work, I paid for every single one of them, and then I it. mailed them out, and I did everything. You're good with that? No, you just come up with the concept, and I can take it from there. I came up with the concept. Did I just not come up with the concept? I need like a rough sketch, maybe. Okay. All right. We can do that. I'll add that to my list of things to do. <laughs> okay. No, I, but wouldn't that be cool? Would be very cool. That would be cool. Yeah. All right. Let's brainstorm among us, amongst yeah. us all. Say, uh, all right. I've brewed with style. Oh, yeah. I like it. Maybe I like, like it. What if we did like a tie? <laughs> we literally oh a tie with all, all right. of our faces on so it. So <laughs> the three of us, Bevo, Tasty, and I, will come up with the right. uh, concept here. All right. Yeah. Steve, shit. don't you, you just keep your pretty pretty looks intact because you you're going to need that. You're going to need that. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, uh, so a lot of times we give a recipe on this. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, how do you make a word for this? 10, 1050, 1053, final gravity, uh, 1006. 
uh, IBU approximately five, three, whatever it would be. Like like we're saying, you could skip throwing hops in. Um, for SRM, uh, your ABV maybe six, uh, six point two. You're going to uh, use about uh, a sixty forty. Uh, Pilsner malt and uh, wheat. Uh, use unmalted wheat. Uh, you can use flaked wheat. Dough in at like 113 uh, Fahrenheit 45C for 15 minutes. You're going to perform a rest at 122 Fahrenheit 50C for 15 minutes. 149 Fahrenheit uh, 65C for 45 minutes. And 158 Fahrenheit 70C for 30 minutes. And you're going to raise to a mash-out temperature of 169 Fahrenheit, 76C, sparge with uh, some nice hot water, 190 degrees Fahrenheit, 88C water. Wow. You strip out some more starches. Some more, add some tannins. And, oh, yeah. Add some tannins, the, all the that. bugs like the stuff. tannins? Is that, is that what's you, going on there? Well, you know, it adds to the, it. to the character as well. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, one of the things that I did when I was brewing with sepsis, Dave sepsis, yeah. uh, some lambics I thought it turned out quite excellent. Was uh, we threw in some tablespoons of, sh- of flour, just like right. more starch, more starch, mm-hmm. lots of starch. Um, you can pitch, uh, you know, like a standard ale yeast, or you can do a, a sour mix. I like to use a uh, a Belgian ale yeast, uh, one that's not too funky. I like the uh, the five thirty yeast personally. It produces enough phenols that the bread has something to work with to produce some funky character. Um, if you go uh, Cal Ale yeast, you're going to get pretty much just a straight uh, lactic souring, a little bit of, you know, Brett character, but not a lot. Mm. If you want a little bit more funk over time, go with something that will produce some phenols first, and then, you know, you're souring after that. Yeah, throw it in a carboy like we were discussing with, oh, the hops, aged hops, a uh, couple ounces uh, of aged hops at 90 minutes. Uh, you know, there you go. Um, uh, like uh, Andy was saying, uh, you know, carboy, a loose, uh, you know, carboy cap or something like that, and then you know, put it in a nice, cool, steady environment. You want it to stay, uh, you know, below sixty-eight degrees Fahrenheit, twenty degrees C, uh, because that is really, you know, kind of the cutoff where things go a little too fast. You can start building up some more. Acetic, uh, you know, especially with the the, the Brett in there, you can get some uh, acetone character. So you keep it below there. The acetone is is a lot less likely to be prevalent. And then uh, you know, let that let that thing go for a year and uh, check it out at that time and see see where you're at. You might have yourself a nice uh, traditional straight lambic. Well, Tasty, have you ever brewed a lambic at all? No, I have not. Um, it's not something I've ever, never taken on. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. So the recipe you get uh, was that a four eight turbine mash or is that another another process? I mean, you just did a step mash there, right, right, right. But this th- is this is actually from uh, uh, Steve Piotz. Okay. Um, uh, a friend of mine that uh, and, and a great uh, sour brewer, and uh, he um, uh, has won uh, many awards uh, in in this category as well and uh he actually uh sent me this recipe for uh for the brew he is uh, and it's kind of loosely based on on what steve uh, does he uh prefers to use dry malt extract he likes to make it super simple uh and he uses dry because it's lighter color than the liquid extract Mm -hmm. and then he all adds about uh, three and a half ounces of maltodextrin per batch uh, to make sure there's something left for the uh, bread to slowly consume. So I think you take like a, a wheat, uh, dry wheat extract, you know, Even a blended. Better. You know, it's, it's it tends to be 60-40, right? Sure. And just take that, mix it in with some water. Mix it in with cold water. Cold water. No heat. Throw in no heat. Throw in some maltodextrin powder. You could drop in a few pellets of hops if you want. And then uh, throw your bugs in. I mean, everybody I get a lot of people that. saying, "How want to make a sour beer?" I'm like, "Whoa! First, you got to make a beer." You know? Right, right. And that's not maybe that's not true. Well, yeah, and and the interesting thing about dry malt extract is, it will uh, dissolve. And Steve would be like in his kitchen with all the funk, and he'd just leave that thing open and go nasty. And uh, but um, 
an interesting thing about uh, dry malt extract powder is uh, that it mixes so much easier in cold water than it does hot water. Is that right? Yeah. Never tried it. But you put it in hot water, it won't mix, and you end up with lumps. Yeah. You just dump it in with cold water, and it, it just mix, mixes in no trouble. So you could just take, you know, 65-degree water. Uh, mix in the small to dext- uh, the uh, the dry malt extract, wheat, yeah. you know, blended wheat uh, malt extract, mm-hmm. and then uh, some maltodextrin powder. You could throw in a little bit of you know flour, bread flour, if you want, yeah. and uh, your bugs, and give it a shot. See what happens. Nice. I mean that that easy. Uh, they make a I mean, they make a pilsner extract too, so that'd be right. Right. Yeah, you could do a pilsner extract. Yeah. Wheat, uh, yeah. There you go. Huh. As easy as that. Wow. Do that in a couple hours, and you'd be right. Right, once you, a year, two hours. That sounds you, like fun. You don't even have to heat anything up. Yeah. I mean, you should clean your car, boy. Sanitize no, no, it. No, no, yeah, sanitize stuff. it like you're gonna. But yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, that doesn't get much easier than that. I think. I guess if you wanted to uh, heat it up, uh, maybe just let it you know chill overnight. Mm-hmm. And a club with the you know with the with the lid on. Right, right. Yeah, you absolutely, absolutely could. You could go ahead and you know, uh, you know, heat up, you know, give it a quick boil, anything like that. But really, no need to if yeah. you want to do that route. Yeah, I mean, you can go more traditional and all that, but a little more work, but not a lot. I mean, if, you're, if you're getting started and yeah. you want to just make it easy and uh, you want to make something, uh, you know, uh, that your sour friends will be impressed with, uh, and you're you're not all grain and all that. You can right. do it. Yeah, and then you can then, you know, add fruit later and, and you know jazz it up. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. You don't have to make a straight lambic. Yeah. The the first thing to do is to make the lambic. Sure. When you add fruit, you want all your fruit additions and all the things to be at the end. Yeah. Um, after the beer is soured and sat for a year and all that, because I, I discovered if you if you add the fruit early on, it all just dissolves and the character goes away and, and maybe not be the best fruit to add because it, it'll, it'll generate its own natural fruit characters. Right, right. You want to kind of pair up with that or man, you know, let, yeah, give it, a, give it a taste it and say ah, and then throw in your fruit at the end, yeah. let it go for like another month, and then you're done. Yeah. yeah, and it goes pretty quick, and then you still got a lot of fruit character. I mean, I, I, I believe that's the way you know Cane Town essentially. Uh, has a you know like a stainless uh, unitank uh, puts the blending. fruit in there and pumps in the uh, you know the 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 lambic the sour right. base is what we call it and then we mix it with the fruit uh, we've been doing it in the barrel but uh-huh. I'd love to do it in a tank just for yeah, simplicity's sake yeah so yeah there you go all right. Another fine show. Thank you very much, uh, Matt, from the Sour Beer Blog, for sending us uh, that excellent beer and and, uh, helping us out. And thank you very much to Andy Carter, who was a winner in our uh, Can You Brew With Style Challenge. That's right. We no longer giving away the, the jet ski. That has been stolen. Uh, but the uh, we we're making it up for it with like a shirt or something or a hat. Uh, Andy will indicate his preference, and then maybe we we will design a fine uh, shirt just for winners of this show. Now that would be something special. I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to work on this. I'm I'm, I'm going to help help make this happen. I'll tell you if you want to help make this happen. If you like this show, if you like the Brewing Network, go to thebrewingnetwork.com/store and check out all the good things in there they got. They got all sorts of uh, t-shirts. They've got hats. They've got growlers. They've got glassware. No, no growlers. Glassware. They've got uh, uh, trombones. They've got uh, uh, Ugg boots. And uh, all these with the Brewing Network logo on them. It's fantastic. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it out. And uh, Bruce Strong. Nothing. <laughs>